Our scripture this morning comes from the most precise of the four Gospels, the just the facts, ma'am, Gospel, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 33 through 37. Hear now the word from Mark's Gospel. Then they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent. For on the way they had argued with one another, Who was the greatest? He sat down, he called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all, and servants of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them. And taking it in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Father God, as Jesus taught his disciples oh so long ago, may we have ears and heart and mind and hands and feet to hear the teaching that he has for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I would love to have been in your heads as you read your bulletin this morning and you saw the title for the sermon. When I grow up. That is a question that I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I was asked that all the time. By aunts and uncles and strangers that were being introduced for the first time. Well, what do you want to do when you grow up? I have even asked that question myself of children when I met them. When I was little, I wanted to grow up to be a beauty queen. (laughs) I wanted to be a housewife. (laughs) And there was even one year, and this is the year that I call my Jackie year, because it was the same year that I wore a Jackie Kennedy Halloween costume. I wanted to be Jackie Kennedy. She was beautiful, she was smart, and the clothes that she wore were amazing. So I wanted to be her. But there were others of my friends who wanted to be firefighters or police officers. Some wanted to be cowboys. A couple of my girlfriends wanted to be models. You see, it's a big deal when you think about and you dream about what you want to do when you grow up. When you're young, the possibilities are endless. It did not ever occur to me that I could never be Jackie Kennedy. (laughs) But I have to wonder, after reading our scripture this morning... Have any of you ever said that when you grow up, you want to be small? 
that you want to be small? I think to understand the importance of this passage, we have to understand exactly what Jesus had in mind when this thing happened, when this event happened. We have to understand what the role of children was in Jesus' time. In the ancient Near East, a child was a non-person. And that's really kind of hard for us to understand as we go and wait for the birth of a child or a grandchild, the preciousness, the excitement of the little ones. We most certainly do not consider them to be non-persons because we have evolved in our society to place great value upon our children. Just this past Friday, I had a great niece that was born into our family. And her little brother, who is all of four years old, cannot wait for Eliana to come home so that he can be a big brother. Much excitement in our family at that birth. So yes, it's hard for us to comprehend that in Jesus' day, children were not valued in that way. And you most certainly would never find a child in the midst of a teacher and their students. Yet, what Jesus did was bring a child into their midst. He brought a child into their midst. And instead of the children being invisible, Jesus brought them front and center as he gathered his disciples together for a teaching. And he not only pulled the child in the midst of the disciples, but he embraced the child. He embraced the child. You see, Jesus knew the importance. And it was his way of saying at that particular time, and remember what had gone on before, he knew that the disciples had been arguing amongst themselves about position and power. And this was Jesus' way of responding to what they had done by saying, here, this is what's important. This is what's important. And it wasn't so much the tenderness of the child but it was the ability to receive anyone, anyone with love and tenderness. Even people who had no status. Even people that have no status. And that's all Jesus had to say 
And in that moment in time, his disciples were both humbled and humiliated. Humbled and humiliated as they thought about their jockeying back and forth for greatness and power and position. You see, the disciples knew that the conversation that they were having was inappropriate. It was inappropriate. And now Jesus is letting them know exactly why. Jesus is letting them know that the kingdom of God is not about greatness and power and control. It's about service to the least. Service to the least. Jesus is teaching his disciples that we are to be ones to serve those who can offer nothing in return. We have to be ready to serve those who can give back nothing in return. And we are to do that with a joyful heart. When we get big, in all of the ways that we think are important, and all of the definitions of big, our desire should be to be small, to be servant to everyone. Here at Red Ridge Church, we do a whole lot of servant ministry, do we not? We do many, many things for our community. The list is long. If you look at our brochure that tells you all about Red Ridge, it has this long list of the things that we do, the missions that we have and the ministries that we take on as important. But my reminder to you this morning is there's still much to do. There is still much to do. You know, for the most part, when people find their way to Red Ridge, they have some semblance of faith or they wouldn't be seeking out a church. But for the most part, people don't search out Red Ridge on their own. How many of you here this morning were invited by a friend to come to church? Or have invited someone, even this week, to come to church? But as a general rule, the people that walk through the doors of Red Ridge already have some kind of faith tradition or faith experience, if you will. But our concern 
should be for those who don't have that basis of faith, that little bit of church history or tradition. Our business and our mission is to be about being Christ to those who have no earthly idea who Jesus Christ even is. We are to be about the business of introducing people who don't know about the gospel of Jesus Christ to the gospel of Jesus Christ. People's lives will not change. Their circumstances may not change and their lives may not be transformed unless you and I are intentional. Intentional in reaching out in the name of Jesus and welcoming them. I used to love in the old days when we would have fill a pew Sunday. Do y'all remember those? Fill a pew Sunday. Bring somebody to church. Fill up your pew. The saddest part of that to me was, though, they would call Aunt Lucy and say, don't go to the Baptist church today. Come with me. I've got to fill up my pew. And your, your pew would be filled with people, all who were either worshiping somewhere else or already had a relationship with Jesus Christ, which defeated the whole purpose. I would love to see what it would look like one Sunday if we went out and truly invited people in our community that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ and invite them to come. There's a danger there, though. There's a danger there when we do that. Because when we do that, we have to be prepared for what the Holy Spirit is going to do because we did that. And we have to be ready to welcome whoever walks in our door. No matter what they look like, no matter if their views are completely opposite or different from ours, we have to be ready to extend the arm of fellowship and love to whoever walks in those doors. It's the hardest thing for church folk to realize that right next door or right down the road, there are people who have no clue who Jesus Christ is. We live in the modern age. Jesus' name is everywhere. He's on every church billboard. Well, we've had the talk before about church talk and church language. Jesus Christ is just church talk. It's church language. 
If you weren't raised in the faith, being taught and nurtured and knowing about Jesus Christ, he could be Tom or Dick or Harry or Mary. There are people all around us who are struggling in the lives that they are in right now. People who are not living consistently with God's will for their own life. Who need us. Who need us to extend that hand of Christian love and fellowship. They need to know that there is someone not out there but up here, who has a key to their well-being and who loves them unconditionally. That means no matter what. No matter what they've done, what they're doing, what they're going to be or do, God loves them. And we are not their judge. We are not their judge. We bring them into the fellowship. And we introduce them to the Jesus that we know and that we love. We all have to share in that intention. You've heard it before. You've probably heard every preacher that's ever stood in this pulpit say, you can reach people that we can't. And I'm sure that Dan and John and others, when they find out you're a preacher, boy, doesn't their language get cleaned up real quick? <laughs> Don't the things that they say get cleaned up real quick and do get cleaned up real quick? Yeah. But those people out there that need Jesus the most, that you know the best, need to hear from you. They need to hear from you. God's vision for God's creation is huge. It's huge. But to see the reality of God's kingdom come into its fullness, we have to start in those places that seem irrelevant, unimportant, invisible, small, insignificant. If we are to really dream big, we have got to think small. If we are going to dream big, we have to think small. If we really want to be great, 
then we will serve the least. And our greatest desire as individuals and as a church, the very body of Christ, should be this. When I grow up, I want to be small. It starts with us right where we are with those that we are around the most, the people of our community, the people in our families, the people that we see as unimportant and insignificant. It has to start there. It has to start there. Let us pray. Almighty God, help us not to miss the tree for the forest. God, we can't do big unless we start small. So God, help us to start small. Help us to notice those who are unnoticeable, those that are ashamed to be noticed, those who don't feel worthy to be noticed. Father God, let us start there. And with your help and with your love, show them the great love of Jesus Christ through who we are in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.